This is Questionable History with two snarky sisters. I'm Amy. And I'm Beth. This is a podcast about books, specifically historical romances. Spoilers are coming, so if you want to read the book first, pause now and come back when you're ready. We read the books so you don't have to. Let's get started. Today on Questionable History, we are reviewing the book Wild Child, which is book six of the Wild of Lindo series by Eloisa James. It was published March of 2021, and it has a rating of 4.11 out of five stars out of 2,000 ratings on Goodreads. All right. All right. Let's get started okay. with the last wild book. We at least can celebrate because it is the last book oh my in goodness, the series. This whole week has mm. been like, okay, mm. this is mm. over. Okay, last this is book over. in the series. I wish I had a little noise of like trumpets and like cheering because we are almost done. That's what I want right there to celebrate because although this has been a fun family to read on the whole, I'm done with it. I'm yeah. kind of done hanging out with them. Our synopsis, courtesy of the Libby app. It says, Eloisa James returns to the Wilds of Lindo Castle series with the next wild child who runs and joins a theater troupe. No, she doesn't. And the Duke who tries to save her reputation. Beth, you're supposed to say spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. He wants a prim and proper duchess, not the wildest of the wilds. Already notorious for the golden hair that proves her mother's infidelity, Lady Joan can't seem to avoid scandals, but her latest escapade may finally ruin her. She's determined to perform the title role of a prince, in breeches, naturally. She has the perfect model for an aristocratic male in mind, Thaddeus Erskine Shaw, Viscount Greywick, a man who scorned the very idea of marrying her. Not that Joan would want such a dubious honor, of course. For years, Thaddeus has avoided the one wild who shakes his composure, but he's horrified when he grasps the danger Joan's putting herself in. Staring into her defiant eyes, he makes the grim vow that he'll keep her safe. He strikes a bargain. After one performance, the lady must return to her father's castle and marry one of three gentlemen whom he deems acceptable. Not including him, of course. Oh my gosh, that was a really long synopsis. Yes, it was. And half of it's inaccurate, but we'll get into that. (laughs) Spoiler! These synopsis. Do not actually read the I kind of wonder book. if she has to turn in a synopsis early, like when you have to turn in an outline before you write the essay, because some stuff in there. Is not I really imagine good. that it's just the, some random person in the publishing company Maybe so. writes it. Because I don't think, some I've read, I can't imagine the author approving those. Right. As like acceptable description of their book. Right. It's probably someone but, in marketing that yeah. knows three or four facts about the book and tries to And they're to like, I'm going to plug in all of these words yeah. that I know people will want to make make them want to buy it, and bada-bing, right. bada-boom, we're good. So for perspective, to give you all where we're at now, um, this book takes place in August of 1784, so it is almost three years after the last book, because that was November of 81. My point essentially just being that Joan is... In the neighborhood of 2021 20. yeah. in this book. So yeah. she's a little bit older, which is a nice change yes. um, for the girls in this. And then this book takes place almost exclusively at Lindo Castle. Yes, and the and the town nearby. Yeah, there's, that there's one little bit that happens in, in But the even that town. is like a chapter. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> You're right. It's mostly so the castle. So it's kind of like the classic And the island of, on the lake. Well, you know, it almost reminds me of the like house party in the country trope. Yeah. But what's funny is... 
the, if you reflect on these books, there was rarely an official house party except maybe North's betrothal party back in the first book. Right. Otherwise, and the Alaric like, one, because remember that was the whole thing. That's there what were I'm a lot talking of about. North's betrothal party. Was oh, you're in right. Book. I was, was thinking the of thing. their wedding. I got yeah. confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, oh, I guess you're right. For their wedding, they had a house party yeah. too. But it is just kind of funny because at this point, you're like, oh, so just randos are just hanging out right. in Flindo Castle. Well, that's what it time. feels like. I'm like, can you really call this a house party when you only have one other guest? Right. Because the only, besides family, the people who are hanging out there is essentially Otis, Murgatroyd. Oh, I did say that wrong every single time, probably. But anyway, Otis, who is, like, Joan's best friend. Yeah. You might remember him from the last book. He's Devin's cousin. Yes. So Viola's cousin-in-law or whatever, yeah. right? And then, rather inexplicably, in my opinion, the Duke of Eversley. Yeah, right? Yes, we know him. Viscount Greywick. I mean, he's not a Duke yet. I apologize. He, he's they the Viscount They explain still. it because his mom is best friends with Lady No, and she's there visiting Lady No, and so he's somehow there with his mom. I got ask you a question about that mom amy do you remember her from betsy's book i do how would you describe her character very effervescent bubbly right kind of youngish like kind of stuck would you ever put the word shy on that lady No. no right it was so frustrating so all of a sudden in this book there's a plot point that hinges on the idea that the that uh thaddeus's mom who you might recall from betsy's book dressed all in pink she was yeah. like game for the adventure she wanted to dress in britches and go to the auction like yeah they start describing her as shy or retiring as though a scandal would harm her yeah she dressed up in britches and she went to the auction right. like this is supposed to be the same woman yeah totally yeah crazy. we'll we'll get into that because there's a whole reason why she wears pink as kind of like an fu to her current husband and so i also was like why are you i don't get why you why you're so worried about it yeah yeah so what we are facing is that joan has received permission from her father to participate in the lead role in a play because she's convinced she wants to be an actress yeah she doesn't want to get married yeah she wants to tread the boards yeah so they decide that they are going to invite back, as they have every year since, the acting troupe that you might recall back to Alaric's book, book one, they put on a play of uh, Wild and Love. And Which so is, it's been a, six years since that book at this point, right? It's been six years. Okay. Yeah. So they have this troupe coming every single year, it says. So a minor error in this book. There's a point at which Joan references it being again like a decade. Or That's why she I was asked. a child. That's why I asked They've because coming, I like, was like, wait a minute, that actually isn't that long no, to have influenced no. her to be like, I want to tread the boards yeah. with the passion that she pursues it in so this book. So she says, since I was a child, and I'm like, since you were at most fourteen. 14. Like at the youngest, 14. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, eh, that's maybe, a stretch, but maybe. okay. So the, the Duke's rules, I think, are important. The rules were you can play the title role of Hamlet and you can wear britches and stuff. But like, A, it has to be privately in our house with this troupe that we know. And so you can imagine they're paying them off to keep their silence or whatever. Yeah, and it's only going to be family and whoever's at yeah. this house party that would see it. And B, as the titular character of Hamlet, you can't make love, if you will, to some other person it has to be someone we trust to play ophelia so she manages to talk otis into playing ophelia and you might be thinking why not viola well viola's pregnant in this book and so she's out of the running for this and apparently like reverted back to her extreme shyness so she wouldn't have been yeah right but then there's a tiny part of me that's like but like you know betsy i know your mom like betsy's not even there though she's not even referenced it's weird it's very strange 
Yeah, it's it's very bizarre because you might recall that like Thaddeus, although maybe not the closest closest of friends with Jeremy, they went to school together. Yeah. They knew each other, and like Thaddeus was friends with North and Alaric and Parth, and so it's just it's just kind of bizarre. It is, like you said, it's odd that he's even there. Yeah, because <laughs> right? it was a stretch. Well, Unless he's just trying to hide. I mean, it comes. We'll get into it with the drama of his dad. Yeah. I was like, maybe he's trying to hide out, or he wants to be close to his mom maybe. in case According something happens. According to the synopsis, for years he's been fascinated by Joan. But I call a little bit of bullshit on that. I think yeah. that's some retro. My kids would call it retconning. Yeah, where you try to go and make something canonical, like yes. in the past, because and like, nah. he was. He didn't even. He, she wasn't even in his sphere. Well, and he was so committed to marrying a proper duke's daughter style thing to be a proper duchess and it didn't have to be a duke's daughter but like you get the idea that mindset of the perfect he wanted to avoid scandal because of his past he wanted a very scandalous free marriage and let me remind everyone so um he's really close with his mom he loves his mom and stuff but his dad is basically not a part of his life and this they did tell us back in betsy's Betsy's book book. basically the dad is off has a second family living with his mistress his true love who uh, allegedly was his true love who he loved and was ended up being forced to marry Thaddeus's mom and stuff. And so for most of Thaddeus's life, he has had an absent father. Yeah. And he has no real relationship with him at all. He used to get visits from him before his dad had a son with his mistress. And then he was completely cut off. Yeah. That from baby, that half brother was born on Thaddeus's birthday. His 13th really birthday. Yeah. It's pretty tragic. It's like the dad is now, I have my real son. And so I don't care about you anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. been bizarre. But one thing I want to point out that is part of that reconning or whatever you called it, they keep referencing that he courted Betsy and Viola. And I said, did he technically court Viola? Because he it was mentioned in passing in Viola's book that he danced with her At like once. one ball. Yeah. So I don't buy that. The, the courting is a stretch. Never yeah. in Viola's book was it like, I'm also being pursued yeah. by Betsy for by sure. Thaddeus. Yeah. yeah was Betsy was very obvious. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, they, and in this, this book, they keep referencing, he was mm-hmm. courting Viola. Mm-hmm. He was courting Viola. And I'm like, when? It was not in Viola's book. And yeah. so I, I didn't, I don't like that. So the other thing I found was kind of interesting, funny, but I, I bought it, is that Joan and Otis became such good friends. So it's only been a couple of years, yeah. but you get the impression that I guess they were just thrown together a lot with Devin and Viola being married oh. now. So like now they hang were out. Were they? Maybe. Even though that Viola and Devin supposedly went you to live what, in the country for a little while. We, you know a, how they could have gotten a uh, friendship started? I just remembered the play we didn't talk about oh, very much. They were both they fully were both involved in really that. really involved in putting on that play about Noah. And it did talk about how they were constantly together talking about it and that, working yeah. on it. Oh, I legitimately thought that Otis might have been a character brought on the stage to be homosexual or LGBTQ <laughs> yeah. type of thing. Because it says, in the three years she'd known Otis, his clothing had grown ever more outrageous. Right. And he agreed, although reluctantly, to dress up in women's clothing and play Ophelia and yeah. stuff. And so I thought, oh, maybe somehow they're like playing with some idea that he is open to those sorts of things. They didn't. He's no. not. And so that was fascinating, kind of through the book, where he's he's a good friend that will go along with it, but he hates the corset, he hates yeah. the skirts, he can't walk on high heels. Right. And so that's kind of funny, interesting, yeah. I thought, about Otis. From the last episode, you know Otis is one of my favorite people. Yeah. Uh, so I was glad he was in this book, because I think he gives much-needed comic relief, especially a book I was not 100% excited to read, because I was right. kind of over the series. With No offense, because it ended up being a pretty good book, but I love how... He keeps making fun of Ophelia. 
Yes. If he's got to play not, it. Not the Duchess, the character. No, yeah, Hamlet. sorry. Yeah, yeah the, the character from Hamlet. And he'll be like, you know, he's practicing his lines. And he'll be like, ho-hum, I'm such a watering pot. I think I'll jump in a brook because the prince doesn't appreciate my curves. Like, he just yeah. doesn't get why Ophelia was so hung up on Hamlet and so and destroyed by and they call back to the last book that he's terrible at memorization. Yeah. And so a lot of it you can imagine is like almost He's just making it up as he goes. he's trying to make something up yeah. to keep, keep it going. It's pretty yeah. hilarious. He's the best part of this book, though, he is. in my opinion. Which is kind of a bummer in that in this book he has a sort of a background romance thing. So it's like sweet that he finds love. Yeah. With, it's the, the niece. niece. No, and they say it wrong at one they point. They do. They it's introduce the, her as the niece, the niece. of the play company's director or whatever and then later on he says my daughter yeah i got the same note i'm like nope you (laughs) said um so it's it's sweet and that's kind of nice but again in a way you're like well why isn't there a tangential book about otis or something like i would have liked to see more especially because otis is a rather petite gentleman yes they describe him as slender and short and that's so rare Every yes. flipping character, including our Thaddeus, who I swear in Betsy's book was just tall, but like normal-ish in size. And now suddenly he's gargantuan in size as well. Uh, I don't remember the gargantuan, but I thought he was pretty tall. I thought they referenced him but being pretty tall. Because Jeremy so wasn't. Burly. Oh, yeah, that, so that I don't where remember. I'm just like, what? Except in this book, they explain it that for the last two years, as he's been dealing with the stress of oh, everything his going to his dad, yeah. he's been going to boxing. Oh, and like looking for... Okay. Physical, um, physical to yes. get his mind off Yes, it. so okay, you're not crazy. He was more, like, slender and, and normal looking, but now he's the main guy. He's got to beef up, it, like a movie actor. Yeah. He's got to, like, get all ripped for, for the For people part. like us that get stuck on the details, it's frustrating when you don't have the other book because you had to return it to the library. <laughs> right? And you're like, wait a minute, I, I swear. swear. <laughs> I promise. This is how it happened. One other thing I'm going to throw out here at the beginning of this book. Early on, it says something... It will, like, Joan is a very introspective character. She'll, she's very straightforward with herself, yeah. which I enjoyed about her. And she has a lot of self-confidence. She does. She doesn't question who she is, her identity, at all. And she doesn't do, like, a wiffle-waffle around her choices and stuff. Like no. She chooses not to feel stupid for doing this or that. Or she There's no wrong choice to, yeah, in her vocabulary. second-guess herself. She's yeah. like, whatever, I, I have a good internal compass. I can follow it. So she will reflect periodically on her parents. And it's a little bit confusing sometimes because her mom and dad are the Duke and Duchess of Lindo. But her parents, usually they when she says that, she's reflecting on the Prussian and her mother, the second Duchess. Yvette was her name, right? And so she'll say things like, you know, what if, um, you know... What if I had left the castle the way my mother had or whatever? And she means, of course, Yvette. Yeah. And I kept putting notes. Do, do we ever get to meet the mom and the pressure? Right. Do we ever actually get to have any communication with them or whatever? And you don't. And it frustrates me a little bit through this book. And I think it was the series, biggest letdown of this book. Yeah. Is that there was no... We never, ever, 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 Particularly ever for Joan. She left all of closure. her kids. But Joan was a love child with her lover. And I... I was waiting for that confirmation or that confrontation or that some kind of inclination that they ever thought of her. Because at some point she reflects on her mom and she talks about getting better understanding for her mom because she now can understand maybe why her mom left because she needed real love and not a convenient marriage or something, right? And so being that Joan represents their child together, their love, 
they even reference at one point in the book that there could be other of the Prussian offspring half split, out there. Yeah, she could have half siblings. And yet it seems so bizarre that there wasn't. She wouldn't any, seek her out. Any letter. Yeah. Nothing. I really thought that would be a catalyst in this book of some sort that the mom would show up or Me the too. mom would reach out. Me and I too. was like, closure, yay. Yes. Didn't, never happened. It did never happen. And it was the biggest letdown of this book to me, like I said, because I think that would have made a way better storyline than Thaddeus's storyline with his dad. Yeah. I thought this book should have been about Joan and that because they reference early on in some of the earlier books that they were the Prussian and Yvette were actually going to take Joan with her. The only yeah. reason they left her behind is because she got really sick. And the Duke's always like, thank goodness she got sick. Yeah. Because that wouldn't have been a good life for her. And we all agree with that. But I find it surprising that the mom never tried to make Conta to reach out. Two I don't think later, the Duke. Five years later. I don't think the Duke would have prohibited yeah. that. He no. was like, we divorced. I get it. You're with who you love. I think he would have encouraged exchange letters, exchange, you know, sketches or whatever you have siblings and so i find it really hard to believe and so then i kept thinking is the mom dead right. is the prussian dead like there's no explanation no and there's don't tell me there. that the duke wouldn't have tracked sent someone to track right. down this information so i don't know why they didn't talk about it or none of that came up because i, I it was like, it was going to be part of the whole closure of is she isn't she also this whole debate because they're all going off the color of her hair. But as you have pointed out many times, that's not how genes work. Like, you could have yeah. recessive. Both of you could have some recessive blonde genes in there. So we and know. And have a blonde. <laughs> we know. And the family knows at least, you know, Aunt Louisa and Ophelia and the Duke. Oh, you're right. Because they the minimum, did reference how he had been out. He was been in away London at the time she had to have been the conceived. The whole year. Right? Yeah. The, for a year. So, but again, the family knows that. Yeah. The family doesn't know that he didn't sneak home and have some whoopee with his second wife. Sure. And so it could theoretically be yeah. his daughter. They lean so heavily on the yellow hair, they kept calling it, in the last And that month. she looks just like the Prussian. Yeah. And so that's why I was waiting for that scene eyebrows, like where she comes face to face and is like, why did you leave me? Or like, how come you've never had any con- I don't know. I was just waiting for some kind of... Yeah. It was actually really sad to me how she talks about she could have half siblings and doesn't even know. I, I was like, I just, I don't. So on the one hand, Joan seems very fulfilled and I can kind of buy it in Joan. It just seems baffling that the mom yes. never tried to reach right. out at any point and say, I just want you to understand why or whatever. Right. They paint or we'd love you to cruel, come for a visit. Bitch. And I just don't think she exactly was that. Well, and I was like, here's a girl that wants to tread the boards, right? I kept thinking she's going to go looking for her mom. Me too. In Prussia or on the continent. I thought there was something Or something. Be there. I really thought that's kind of the direction Joan's story was going to go. And so when it was yeah. bottlenecked into a All at Lindo Castle episode, <laughs> you know, in a TV, episode. A TV yeah. show terms, that was the biggest letdown on this book for me. Yeah. That's the story I wanted to read. Seriously, I wanted to have some closure there. So to help you understand some of the conflict that drives this plot, Thaddeus is currently Viscount Greywick, but of course he stands to inherit the dukedom from his dad, the Duke of Eversley. And as we said, he's been an absentee father since uh, Thaddeus was like 13 or whatever. Well, two years ago, this major stressor happens and we get these really vague clues in the book about something being something being wrong, something being in the background that he can't quite talk about yet or whatever it is. And what it turns out to be is that his dad has decided that he doesn't want Thaddeus to be the Duke. 
And he's like, I married my mistress before I married your mother. And that means that the marriage is invalid to the, the person known as the Duchess of Eversley. And you're, you're actually the bastard illegitimate child. And my other son's actually my legitimate child, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's basically threatening to release this information out to society. And so he claims he's dying and he says, I'm going to send a letter to get printed in all the newspapers proclaiming that all of this stuff is true. And that's why it seems important in this book to characterize the Duchess of Eversley as shy or retiring or that she wouldn't be able to handle this scandal yeah that it that would, it would break her revert her and she would go live in the country and never be seen again and yeah. that's what he's worried about and it's so frustrating throughout this book i couldn't let it go because i really 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 felt like that is not the duchess we met but do you think that was thaddeus making that interpretation of his mom because does his mom ever say, I'm shy, I'm reserved? Or is that all Thaddeus thinking in his head? My mom wouldn't be able to handle this. My It'll crush my mom. Like, maybe he just doesn't know his mom very well or how strong she is. They say she has a minute. Let me find oh, out okay. quick. I couldn't remember. That's why I'm asking if, if it I, was her own self-reflection or her own thing I didn't highlight everything. I swear okay. there's at least a scene or two where Lady No kind of agrees. Oh, gotcha. That, that okay. she's timid and, it, or, and you know, and things like retiring, we got to protect her or whatever. But there is something at the end. Hold on. There's a part where the Duchess says something about it being like, I don't remember, being quiet okay. or something. It's just weird. It, it just is, doesn't because it doesn't fit. match uh, how she was in Betsy's book. Yeah. She because even her son was like there could be a scandal if you if they realize it's you and the britches and all that. She doesn't care. She still wants to do it. She calls her son a stick in the mud. Exactly. And does it without him. And exactly. so I understand that he feels concerned for his mom, but I agree if they're implying that she is somehow shy or reserved or even that she would be destroyed by the scandal, I don't buy it because I feel like she's been living with the scandal of her husband abandoning her for decades for decades and i'm sorry she still would have had society the public opinion still would have been in her favor right even if it came out and he released this letter half the town thinks that he is crazy anyways and he's lost his mind they don't understand why he's living who they consider to be beneath him so i don't think they would even believe what he said and so imagining that it's going to destroy her was a stretch to me well and so thaddeus for two years hasn't even told his mom what the what's going on is. Mm-hmm. and it was so one of those frustrating and he of... said he's been battling it in the legally yeah. for two years and what's so stupid is that at the end of the story when it all comes out right because of course there's a big drama where um actually in the kind of weird funny thing his dad shows up at yeah. the Lindo Castle and announces everything. And basically the mom is like, the Duchess is just like, whatever, I'm over you, and throws wine in his face and leaves the room or whatever. And maybe that's the moment I'm thinking of where Lady Noah's like supporting her as her best yeah. friend, but also almost like, oh good, Pro- my, my timid little friend her. did this yeah. thing. And it's like, no, she would have done it on her own. Right. But yeah, then the mom is essentially like, uh, no, your grandfather knew all about my right. dad knew all about I have this all guy the proof being in you love need. with whatever. Yeah. There is so much proof. My grandfather noted all of this. Yeah. Or your grandfather noted all of this. Like, no one would ever believe this. No. And so it was a bizarre thing to me that, the, that Thaddeus was so caught up in it. And I think maybe it spoke to the character of he was also a little bit arrogant, thinking that he 
needed to solve or save and protect her and protect her and i think and that's why i was wondering if it ever really came up that she thought this way or if everyone just imposes on her this idea that she's not strong enough or she's too weak to handle this kind of stuff because i feel like if he had gone to his mom in the in the get-go she'd been like here's all the proof you need we're done she would have been like yeah uh sorry she's like how much more humiliated could i be than i've been humiliated over the last 32 years he can't do worse to me than he's done because she knows that it was a legit marriage. Yeah. She knows it was. A thousand so... percent. Because her dad wouldn't have done that to her. No. They, they knew the No, things. no, no. Okay, I found the quote. All right. So there's a scene where they're having the dinner. It's, it's a family dinner. And so the people who are here is all wilds, right? Yeah. So it's like um, Betsy and her husband and Viola and her husband and people like this, right? And there's a scene where the Duchess of Eversley comes in wearing her um, ubiquitous, like, uh, pink silk gown or whatever. And she says, goodness me, I didn't realize so many people were joining us, the Duchess said, looking uncertain. And I was like, WTF, why is she acting like this? This is not the same character Hmm. that we met four years ago at Betsy's You're right. It was and there's so no explanation that something happened. No, because this is before, like, the drama with her husband, which yeah. even then you would imagine made her feel better. Yeah. Right? Like, it was just yeah, that is weird. weird. Because the only other people there is, like, Sir Reggie, and throughout the book, he and the Duchess have been flirting. And yes. so it was just like, yeah. you've been staying in their home for a good few weeks at this point. Like, none of these people should feel like strangers. Yeah. It was bizarre. It is bizarre. But not surprising because there's been a lot of... Idiosyncrasies. Is that the right word in this series? Speaking of characters that don't make any sense. Yeah. Do you remember the Lady Bum Trinket? Yes. A, that is not a real name, and I stand by that. I think that is uh, insert name here. I'm going to Google the silliest name. That's the Great Aunt Daphne. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, Meaning... Viola's great aunt. Yes. Or even Ophelia's great aunt. Yeah, like... By marriage. It wasn't even direct bloodline to Ophelia. It was her husband's great Great aunt aunt or something. And somehow she is still welcome into the Lindo Castle. Well, and that was Their country estate. It was almost like she was traveling, and so they let her stay there. But they talk like it's an occurrence that happens... Very rarely? Well, rarely, but enough frequency to be like... This, they admit that she's hanging on to the coattails of others because nobody likes her. Nobody she's... likes her. She is rude, and she, she is sitting insulting the duke's daughter. And I'm sorry, to why was she face. not kicked out? She because was allowed. Remember to stay what overnight? they did to Lady Penchallow or Lady Tallow or whatever it was that insu- insulted Jeremy, who wasn't even related. Thaddeus to you? and Betsy stood up, and they were all like, "You're dead to me now." And then she's insulting Joan to her face. To her face. And, and nobody's like, I'm sorry, get offending out. her. I mean, like 30 minutes, I imagine, of conversation and this happening before finally they're like, okay, great. Time aunt, to go to bed. Let's take you up to bed. And, and you're like, leaving what? first thing in the morning. I'm like, no, there's you your trunk. Kiss her out right Bye-bye. Now. Yeah. I- I'm sorry, he's a duke. Because why do you care? Nobody's yeah. going to censor him. You would be like, you're welcome to stay in an inn. We'll pay your shot. Bye. I just, like, it was so frustrating. I didn't understand the point of her. Yeah. And so then it was irritating that she got away with as much as she did. My comment was, I truly don't understand this character. Is it a busybody? Why does she care? Wouldn't it make more sense if it was a relative of the young Duke himself? Exactly. Or somehow maybe Joan's mother's family? Like, yes. 
they they kicked out that other lady for being at least for that less. insulting to someone who technically wasn't a blood relative. No. Like, come on, guys. No. It was insane. It was. Especially because that's a Duke's trigger thing. It yeah. is. It triggers him he's, when someone says Joan mm-hmm. is not his child. He's this adamant. woman went on a diet. Is it diatribe, diatribe, diatribe or whatever? I think, yeah. For thirty minutes about uh-huh. her ineligibility and how she wasn't a real Duke's daughter. And don't tell me that he didn't hear that conversation. Right. I just. It made again. If you're gonna write a character and you're gonna make them a certain way, you have to be consistent in your books. And there is no way the Duke would have put up with that. Exactly. At all. Exactly. And then to still let her stay. I, I don't care how old she is. It, she, I, no, it's not acceptable. So she's awful. It's the worst. There's like 10 pages pages of this lady's going off. And I was going to add to like, she even insults the Duke. I mean, the Duke probably doesn't care because she indults, insults his father, saying his father is mad. He's crazy. Oh, right. Right. Oh, right. But, He's not the Duke yet. Thaddeus, you mean. Not the Duke yes, of Lindo. I'm sorry. Thaddeus. This stupid thing. I'm so stuck on the whole Duke thing. Yeah. She insults Thaddeus' father. Yeah. And she says that he's insane or he's mad right. or whatever, right? Which he is. And so he is. But it's just so bizarre because she comes in, she's full of all this vitriol or whatever, and then... She's just a horrible person. I don't understand why Prism, this epitome of the a ducal butler, if there's such a thing, would have even let her pass the front door. Which means she is allowed entry into the house. Yeah. Which means they accept and allow this negative character into their house. And I don't buy it. Right. The Wilds are so close. They're a close-knit family. Why would... This is no connection to them any longer. She did get one funny line, though, that I want to share with you. Yeah. Okay? Lay it on me. I love Otis. And so, of course, it involves Otis. So, Otis is basically at the same table so the way they do meals in this family is they have a bunch of circle tables they don't have a big long table or whatever although i swear later in the book they do have a long table but don't get me started so um so they are sitting at this table together and otis is like you can imagine he's almost like well this is awkward right so he tries to change the subject and it says otis intervened and he says I believe we should change the subject. Did everyone hear that the first mail coach ran successfully between Bristol and London? And Lady Bumtrinket says with a sniff, I would not care to correspond with any person residing in Bristol. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That character, yeah, because mm. you're like, all right, well, she has a mind Oh, and to like... give the author her due, I looked that up, and that was actually the same month and year oh, that fun. the first um, mail coach. The other funny thing I thought during that scene was that she was convinced that Joan and Otis... Oh, we're engaged yeah, yeah, yeah. and gonna get married and they're like yeah no, no no um so finally after this 30 minutes of abuse the duchess of lindo comes over and she says great aunt daphne i understand that someone of your years needs to retire at an early hour i shall escort you to your bedchamber and and i like that the duchess is basically like you don't even get to protest right you're coming with me yeah and my comment was finally she does some actual parenting <laughs> i know this was a woman in the beginning, or especially if you read the prologue, that was like, my child is my life, and yeah. I will be living in the nursery. And she's all about and hands on and loving and And then parenting. she's in one chapter of Vi- Viola's book. <laughs> and she's peripheral on all of this. And basically, it's like, oh, wait. Oh, now that I got married, and I've got this sister-in-law who's doing the mothering, well, this is great. I can just let her be the mother of all these <laughs> exactly. kids. Exactly. It was so weird. I just, it, it confused me. At the very end of this dinner party... Uh, because Lady Bumtrinket was so convinced 
that Otis and Joan were betrothed, but they're like, no, we're not getting married. Joan makes a joke, and she says, she holds up her wine glass, and she says, my very first betrothal was over before I finished a glass of wine. Um, do you suppose that's a bad sign for the future? She caught Lord Greywick's eye. No. <laughs> but what made me confused is I'm like, but wait, they had been talking about how she's like, very beautiful, hella wealthy. I'm sure at very least a fortune hunter or 12 would have proposed in some way. And later in the book... During her first season. Yeah. Right? And late, and she's had like three seasons now. Yeah. And later in the book, she talks about kissing some guy and, and all these other guys. And like they they fall under her spell and propose to her. Like Thaddeus is describing this thing that he knows about them having done that. And so she's gotten betrothals, or I mean not betrothals, but like proposals. Yeah, and I think that's the distinction. I think she's oh. saying the joke is this oh, lady was convinced we were betrothed and I was betrothed for, you know, two oh seconds. Oh my gosh, I should have texted you that one because I was like, yeah. what the crap? Like, this is so weird. Right. Why are they acting like no, no one it, it, I didn't hit me until you started explaining and I was like, oh no, that's oh. proposal. You're yeah. not actually betrothed. Okay, okay, I forgive you have an agreement. for that one. That one makes sense. So the the play they're putting on is Hamlet, which I don't know if we can all agree, but we should all agree that it's one of the worst Shakespeare plays. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't like any of Shakespeare's plays except for Much Ado About Nothing. And even that I only half-heartedly like. Taming of the Shrew a little bit. But anyway. I like the Hollywood interpretations there. I know, right? They're really good. <laughs> they're going to do Hamlet. Because in Joan's mind, it's one of the best lead roles. She thinks it's like a lot of introspective. And, and she and, and she actually yeah. looks at Hamlet as a hero. And it's funny how throughout the book she actually realized, oh wait, Hamlet's the villain of this play. He's actually not yeah. the hero. And there is a quote uh, that I actually like that Thaddeus makes about that because he says, whether Hamlet's heart be pure as gold as an Otis's rhyme or not, he ceased to be a hero when Ophelia left his room no longer a maiden. And so I was kind of like, woohoo, yes, can we acknowledge whenever you take that away from someone, especially back in this day where that was really the only, we are saying as women, this was horrible to only say women's worth was in their maidenhood, but that's but that how it was, was at the time. how they were perceived back yes. in the late 1700s and so taking Right? So taking that away from her, knowing you have this vendetta and you have no intention of actually like, following through with it or just then how he treats her later through the rest of the play it starts to crack that veneer in joan's mind of like oh yeah that probably wasn't a really good thing my note on that was our opinion of all the heroes in this time period who deflower the heroine before marriage in these books not cool dude not cool never cool also feels like this hero is going to do the same since it seems to be the pattern in this series which would make him a hypocrite exactly i have a note related to that specifically but i just want to give a giant gold star to devon for marrying his wife first as much as we hated that book we loved that part of it it got a two because he at least did that that was that was my half my extra half a star so yeah Sorry, that was the comment I wanted to make okay. on that comment was because it was like, oh, yeah, he ceased to be a hero. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. foreshadowing. So, hey, Thaddeus, let's talk. 
So basically, Joan's thing is that she is going to perform in male attire, and they wax poetic about how dangerous this is because of her hips and her thighs and her butt and whatever. And basically, Thaddeus is fear. He says within a fortnight, all of England would be able to buy an image, a print, mind you, of her Again, shapely with legs, prince. likely sold from every front window. And my comment was, so they never tried Devin's plan of like <laughs> buying off the printers or whatever. I know it's like, didn't we resolve this? Last I thought we book? had a solid plan last month. They didn't follow through with it, Beth. Nobody cared. Oh my gosh. Cool story, bro. Oh, but then here. So Joan decides to step things up. She's like, it's one thing to perform in front of my family, but Joan decides to step things up. She's like, I sure I can perform in front of my family, but they love me. Yeah. So they're going to clap. They're going to pretend that this is great regardless, right? And so her next great plan is that she's got to perform at least once in front of a real audience. And so I do give Thaddeus props for this. She tells him that she wants this plan. And he, he's like, okay. And he's like, let's figure out how to make yes. it safe for you. Yes. Right? But my comment was, as soon as she proposes the idea, we'll sneak into Wilmslow or whatever, which is the neighboring town, and we'll have the troupe put on a performance there, and I'll be Hamlet, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, wait, isn't this just a rehash of Betsy's adventure? (laughs) They're essentially going to Wilmslow, in britches, doing something scandalous. It cracked me up. Because I was like, oh, we're just recycling plot points at this point. I know. No, I didn't make that connection, but you're right. It's pretty much the same scandal, the same risk. Now, maybe that was a little bit on purpose, though, because maybe the idea is that Thaddeus is starting to lighten up because by the time we oh, get you're right. there... and Thaddeus, he wouldn't participate He would in not Betsy's. in Betsy's. So by yeah. the time we get there and, and they are doing the second performance in Wilmslow, he is in it to give her success. And so I got to tell you, there's a something I love. I loved how there was no danger. So they go to this this barn which is the stage where they're going to put on this play in Wilmslow and it's just village people or whatever and they talk how it looked like a crowd that could get unruly and they talk about like where's the exits almost right but there's no actual danger because what happens is like the first act plays or the first scenes and Thaddeus is like oh these people are not into this like they are not digging this dramatic play they don't don't get Hamlet's problems they don't understand I don't think half of them understand what the heck we're talking about so he runs Runs backstage and he's like, guys, you got to make it a comedy. They are not buying this tragedy, yeah. this drama. And he convinces them to play it for laughs and just play the audience. And it turns out to be a great success, right? The people love it. Yeah. And I, I just love that because, again, I was like, oh, please don't put the stupid, oh, danger. I got to save her from these unruly that, villagers. Or even don't set her up for failure like, oh, she's going to be a disaster. So I know she'll never want to do this again. Yeah. He didn't want her to fail. He wanted her to be able to do it and experience that. And I love how internally she has realized she doesn't really need this anymore. Even after the family performance, she was like, she she didn't even kind of really want to do it anymore. And she's like, but essentially, she's like, I wasn't very good. And he's like, well, you were, and she's like, no, seriously, we both, I wasn't very good. And he's like, you were Lady Joan. Playing Plain. the role. You yeah. weren't Hamlet, you yeah. know? And she's like, I get it. I totally yes. feel it. And so when she, she almost called it off. She did, And yeah. then she goes and does it in the village. And I just loved it because, again, they had a great show. It turned yeah. out to be a success, but she was still like, yep. Not for me. I don't want that anymore. But she's so grateful. She's like, yes. essentially, in other words, she's to Thaddeus, like, thank you for trusting me and letting me try it because I needed to know that I don't want to do that. Yes. I needed to know that it was my dream, but it was... 
It wasn't my really child. my calling. Yeah. Exactly. You know how when we were 13, 14, yeah. I want to be this, I want to be that. And you think it's something you want. And then maybe you get into it and you realize, oh, that isn't actually what I want to do with my life. And this was that same self-discovery. Yes. And was, so that's why I loved her as a character. Yeah. Because we got to see part of that. In but her. I also like how she was like, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Because it's, I, she had that mentality. Remember how you were telling me how, what if there are no mistakes or failures it's yeah. just decisions and something happens and that's her mentality to yes. me yeah. she's like i'm gonna do this i'm making this choice yeah i didn't fail it yeah. wasn't a failure it was just not for now me. i know now i'm gonna make a different choice yeah so what i liked best about thaddeus supporting her dream and helping her realize this was that he from the get-go even when they were still kind of frenemies so yeah. like he didn't really like her that much not like he disliked her but that little he wasn't of, in love with her yeah. he didn't there wasn't a reason for him to help her support her ever so slightly bickery yeah they didn't hate each other but there's that little bit of like i'm not sure we're friends right and so i think the fact that he saw how important it was to her and even though it started from a place of fear that he didn't want her to be put into a scandal because he'd seen it he'd seen what it did to families to live through a scandal yeah and he at least generically cared about her and her family as yeah. good people so yes. he wanted protection and so he wanted her. to protect her protect her from herself almost he didn't put obstacles in her way he did yeah. give an ultimatum of like okay after this you get to do the one show and then you have to settle down but he he was always supportive of her and she even makes a comment about how She's told her family for years she's wanted to perform on stage and not one of them besides this private performance had the idea. She mentions it to Thaddeus once and he figures out a plan and a solution Okay, for yeah, them. And exactly. he's like, all right, well, she we'll make that happen. That. Yeah, I remember yeah. where she's just like, you, you believed in me. Yes. You believed in you me. You believed That's in me. That's a quote from a movie too. I will say though... So you're right. They quickly become more friendly than enemies. But there is a quote at the beginning where she talks about, wait, she loathes him. She despises him. And I was just like, oh, I hate friends to enemies stories. Yeah. I really do. They're my least favorite. I don't yeah. like tension and anger and dislike well, because, because I don't find it believable that then you fall in love. So because quickly, there was a reason you didn't, it's, you dislike this person. This isn't a book that covers a year of them falling yeah. in love. This is like six weeks or six months even. And I'm like, come on, yeah. that's a little stretch. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting about that is like, like, well, what do you have to loathe? Right. In a way yeah. it's Joan being judgy. Yes. Because he does come across as a little bit stuck up and stuff. It honestly reminds me of Horatius, the way they described yes. Horatius, yes. the older brother who died in the bog. Yes. No, I honestly think that this was the author's response to going like, oh, I killed off Horatius too soon. He would have been a good character. And so he created another Duke that was self-righteous, self-important. But I kind of think that Joan made an assumption that Thaddeus wasn't like a feeling human, well-rounded person. She made tons of assumptions about him. And I think that's where all of her loathing actually kind of came from because he was never super what we saw judgy and like he wasn't like lady bum tree can't making comments about her yeah he was more reserved he actually is rather stoic again through yes. a lot of the book but but you can tell that he would observe her and he would watch her and i like this quote that he says she says something about like i want to do this thing because my family always claps right maybe i'm just being boast boastful but i think i'm really good essentially is what she's saying he says you wouldn't be booed off the stage how would you know i've seen you perform and she's like were you here last summer when we did that troop? <laughs> you know, Midsummer's Night's Dream? Yeah. And he goes, no, 
I've seen you perform any night for the last three years in London on a public stage during the season. All right. And I love that because you tell that he can see through her facade Veneer. a bit. Yeah. yeah, that she's going through life being a person that she thinks will be accepted or is what they expect to see of Lady Joan to some degree. And he's kind of like, I can see beyond that. Yeah. And so one of the subtle ways that they talk about their friendship growing and, and learning to trust each other is there's a, a later scenes where Joan will talk about understanding his straight face, his expressionless yeah. face, that she can read his eyes and so, things like that. And I thought that was kind of sweet. That was very sweet. talk about it. How his, he, she, there's a, a reference one time to his, she sees the laughter and the smiles in his eyes now, even though his face yeah. doesn't shift at all. I think that Joan makes a lot of assumptions about Thaddeus. And I think some of it might be her own insecurities in how she realizes she is walking a thin line between scandal and yeah. what would be acceptable. Because in his mind, it's not a matter of you shouldn't be able to do what you want to do. He's seen how that hurts people to where you selfishly only think of your own wants and your own needs to the detriment of others. And so what he's trying to say is you should think before you act. You should yeah. think how your actions are going to affect others because if you were caught out, if there was a scandal, it's almost selfish that you decide to do this knowing how it's going to impact others yeah. if it comes out. And knowing the history of his dad and what he's had to deal with and how he's seen his mom perhaps suffer silently in the sense that she puts on a brave face, she wears the pink, she still goes out in public. I think he must also see how it still must be pretty painful for to know that everyone is talking about how your husband left you pretty much when your heir was born for another woman and has this whole other family. And so I, I feel that she is, like you said, very judgmental in the beginning and doesn't give him a chance. And it irritated me until she finally recognized that she had had these, a lot of like the whole point where they finally go to the fair and she assumes he doesn't want to see the animals because, Oh, that's beneath him. When really it's because he has such a tender heart. He can't handle seeing an animal abused or mistreated. Can you remind me first? I have two questions. Can you remind me why his mom wears pink? Yeah, I actually highlighted it because I actually, it almost brought tears to my eyes because I was imagining this poor young bride. It says, my mother is a gentle person, yet he told her on their wedding night that he would never love her. And moreover, that he had a disdain for her figure, her face, and the color pink, which he had worn to the altar. And so from that point on, he doesn't explicitly say this, but Joan says it. She's worn, she's worn it ever since. And it's kind of, to me, her defiance of, I don't care what you think. Pink is my color, and I'm going to wear it to my dying day. And I'm going to my dying day. I'm going to say that that's what a woman who has a backbone does. Yes. Timid, retiring, afraid of her shadow. Right. Now I try to paint her. Exactly. And so that's where I think Thaddeus maybe misinterpreted his mom's response to the dad, is I saw it more as a strength of... You don't like pink? I don't care. Yeah. It's my color, and I'm going to make it my signature color, and it's the only color I'm going to wear. Maybe in, like, a vague way, that's what the author was trying to do, was trying to point out that Thaddeus doesn't truly understand his mother's strength, but it bothered me that she kept characterizing her to us as shy or timid or anything, because I'm like, no, this woman would be like, F you. Right. Then you're no longer welcome in my bed. Exactly. The end. And I'm going to wear pink till my dying day, right? Right. Like, yeah. It was kind of dumb. Oh, and then I did want to bring our readers up to the the board here. There's a fair that comes to town, and 
this part made me kind of mad, but also made me kind of chuckle for like, uh, this plot point doesn't make sense. <laughs> Basically, Aunt No, Lady No, decides that, oh, there's a fair. We can't miss the fair. And she's like, this is a perfect chance for you guys to practice in your costumes, for Otis oh, to right, practice to go wearing out in, in the skirt, and for you to practice wearing your britches. And so... It's just stupid. So Otis, right because they they were like, no, you. Then why weren't they okay with her performing? Why did they in, have to hide that she was going to perform the play exactly. in Winslow? Exactly, because they it wasn't like, oh, there's a fair. We never get a fair. These people won't know us. Blah blah blah. Because they get to the fair, and one of the first things Lady No says is, I can't not go get tea to so and so shop. Yeah, and so you're like, okay, these people know you. They're going to know who you are. Yeah, because I'm sorry, putting on britches does not make a female into a male no apparently what it does amy is it brings all of the focus and attention to the girl's butt i will say though one of the funniest lines about her wearing pants oh no she says if women were allowed to wear breeches even just once there would be a revolution and they would never wear corsets and petticoats again because to her she's like oh my gosh this is freeing this is so comfortable i can do i can walk better And And so it's funny to me that when, but when it's described in these historical romances, it's all about, again, sexualizing the female in the pants. 100%. Yeah. Equally, they, they talk about it's indecent to have those close fitting britches on a lady. But the male. It brings out their butt and all of this and their hips and whatever. But they talk gratuitously about how it highlights the strength and the muscles, corded muscles on their thighs and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, dudes have butts too. Just ask Tina And Belcher. genitalia. Like, come on. <laughs> right? I was like, how was, how was that appropriate right? in society? Because there will be books where they're talking about perhaps having an erection and how they can't stand up or to be oh, so noticeable. This book, this book you mean where it happens to Thaddeus at least half a dozen times? Oh, I forgot. Maybe this is the book I'm thinking yeah. of. And so then I'm like, how is that appropriate for men to be walking down the street where it was that? that obvious, but a female, because it highlighted her buttocks, but was they scandalous. must have had a coat of some sort that has a bit of a cutaway in the front because... Oh, they reference leaving the coat There's a on, point right? where... Well, Joan is wearing a coat, and it's one of Alaric's old coats, and it's kind of short or whatever, right? Shorter. And there's a scene with a mirror where basically Thaddeus finally is like, look in the mirrors. And she's like, oh, I see what you mean. Oh, dear. Like, her butt is showing. It's very curvaceous, whatever. And then basically it's actually kind of funny they lampshaded a little bit because then she's basically like well what about you and he he's she he refuses to turn, around. turn around so she goes behind him oh because like his they coat is long enough to like cover his butt or whatever uh so i did like they finally acknowledged men have butts oh, too, but true. our coats but are longer covered. yeah but it was just but it just... doesn't address the whole frontal part yeah. that can get indecent the funny thing it made me realize about the coat discussion was i realized oh when they say the last time I was in short coats, that must have been a young boy or young yeah. man thing. They wore short coats. Alaric's coat was But too when you short, got older, then you, get a you got one. the tails but and the longer they ones. But because never stop telling us that you can see an erection apparently in the front of these britches, <laughs> um, apparently they're cutaway or something right. in the front. That well, think visible. like Pride and Prejudice. It's like oh, a square yeah. thing. And then yeah. they go down long at the hips and the back. And so you you're like... See. Why did they cut away that site? Why did they make the genital area so pronounced for them? movement, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But it just, it seems like a double standard that men can have these indecent pantaloons and it's so scandalous on a woman. Oh, I got distracted, though. So they go to this fair. 
And what Amy was talking about is there's a there's like uh, Joan's favorite thing every year to do at this fair is to visit the animal t- tents. And so there's like a a giant snake and he's looking curiously at it. The uh, Thaddeus is it's supposed to be humongous. And he explains to Joan after the fact that no, that's just a regular such and so snake. They just have it in a plaster like yeah fake somehow body or he's... whatever. He's attached to the He's bottom. He's tied or whatever. Yeah. And then they go to see a magic, like, counting... No, truth-telling pig. Psychic, yeah. A psychic pig yeah. or whatever, right? And he finds out... He, he's watching really closely because his pig keeps squealing his answers. Once for yes, twice for no. And he realizes that the guy's, like, like poking with a pin or whatever. So he storms up and buys the pig or whatever. And I love... Who's actually sweetly heroic. Because he, yeah. like, knocks the guy out to yeah. save a piglet. And then he's, like, throws coins at him, yeah. like, whatever, fine, you know, I don't care what it costs, I'm buying yeah. this pig. But I love it because I get the impression that he was unlikely to to send this particular pig to be raised and, and fattened and slaughtered right. or whatever. But Joan's like, you can he let keep... him be killed or whatever. And he's like, it's a pig. Right. Blah, blah, blah. He's Speaking trying to hide how yeah, sensitive yeah. he is. It's almost like he wants to goad her and be yes. like, oh, you think this of me? Fine. Yes, I'm sending him to my teasing. farm to be slaughtered. Yeah. And then it comes out later from the mom that they have a menagerie of right? of rescued animals, There's three-legged like, donkeys. Yeah, squirrels and everything yeah. that he just takes in from outside. He's basically Viola. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> he adopts yeah. these animals and, yeah. and heals them. And I'm like, if you're not in love with him after hearing that, then something's wrong with you, Joan. Because... That was the most endearing thing. So then the joke throughout the rest of the book is that this is their pig. They have a pig together, their piglet, who then becomes adopted by Artie. The the nursery crew. Yes. But the I think one of my favorite scenes in this book is when Artie they find out that Artie is now keeping the pig inside Aunt No's sewing basket. She snuck the pig inside. Yeah. She's decided she's it be a decided house pig. it's going to be a house pig. No one will find it. She'll take care of it. She's bringing him eclairs to eat yeah, for dinner. So this is a little 6-year-old. She's so cute. And I love how she's just like there's some conversation that happens, but then she like turns to Thaddeus and is like, "You know, my birthday's coming up." I would like a donkey. Like, she's decided now, I would like more animals, please. This pig was nice, but for my birthday, I want a donkey. Well, and I love her six-year-old logic because uh, Viola had two pet cows, and they had a little special barn for them, um, a manger or whatever it would be for them, and they moved with her. She took, her husband built her her own at their house, so the cows moved. And so I imagine little Artie being like, well, it's vacant now. And so I can <laughs> see her being like, oh, great, I get to get animals. Exactly. It's cute, too, how they describe it. So I just wanted to, because it kind of shows she's a little bit sneaky. Joan is talking to Artie, and she goes, we should take Percy back to, Percy's the name of the pig, back to, the, to his shed, Artie. Percy is not an indoor pig. Artie's eyes narrowed. He could be. <laughs> and then Joan asks, your mother has already said no, hasn't she? Artie's mouth pressed together. And your governess? They will never know he's here. <laughs> it was just so cute that they talk about Artie being a duchess in the making at six years old. So she's meeting Thaddeus for the first time. She's introducing, this is my my younger sister. Uh, she gives him a curtsy or, curtsy or whatever. And she says, I would like a donkey for my birthday, which is happening soon. Percy would be happy too. And he's like, I'll consider it. And then Artie turned to Joan. And those breeches. I want those. (laughs) (laughs) It was just so cute that she, I don't know, she's this little package in a six-year-old. And this is why we desperately want a story for her when she's grown up. Because I hope she remains that same spunky, even as an adult. 
I found this quote that I, I love that uh, reflects Thaddeus teasing Joan about Percy the pig. So this is at the end when, uh, at the end of the fair, when Joan is trying to convince him to please, please, please not let this pig be eaten. <laughs> and she's basically like, you know, we have this cow shed where, you know, Viola's cows used to live. We can put him there. Please, Thaddeus. And Thaddeus says, he's not a pet. He's an animal that should be treated with respect and kindness before being served for dinner. He's <laughs> like, you start to see this sly sense of humor in yeah. Thaddeus. People think he's not funny or he's yeah. straight laced, but you hear that the, the humor. And, and he'll rib Joan a little cheek. bit. And I love it too, because he's kind of figured Joan out. And so he's figured out like, okay, she likes to negotiate. So Joan after that says, please. Right. And he goes, I will give him to you. Um, or if I give him to you, you have to let me choose a different coat for you to wear during yeah. performance. And there's little things like that where it's like, It's like a okay, give and take. He's exactly. realized she needs a give I and take. I respect you. Yeah. I'm not going to just demand things, but like, I'm going to tell you that we yeah. want to make a deal. So it was just cute. It was cute. For some bizarro mm-hmm. reason, was it in the snake tent? They kiss. They kiss. Like he becomes yeah. overcome with lust, passion, whatever, and they kiss. But they're both dressed as dudes, recall, right? And so I did love that because, um, of course, it was like we paid extra and we got three minutes alone with the snake or whatever it was. They end up macking. Yeah. The guy comes in that's running he's the tent. Outraged. And he's like, right? I'm calling like, the constable. Right? Because yeah. at the time it was illegal to yeah, be homosexual. Yeah, homosexual behavior yeah. was really frowned upon. And so in the minute reading it, I'm like, oh, no, how is he going to get out of this? And I love it because Sadie says, like, I will kiss my wife wherever I want. Right. Well, then later in the fair, something else comes up when they're shopping for hats or something. And he um, refers to him as his, uh, refers to Joan as his nephew. Right. And then at some other point, it's like his sister or whatever. Right. And it just cracked me up that like three separate times in this fair, he's on the it's... fly, made a bullshit story of who this person something. is. And he's just trusting that no one will question no. him and they're separate people. And so yeah. no one will know the three different stories. Yes. Yeah. It's funny. It's just another testament to Thaddeus being just kind of funny and witty and yes. sharp, you know? He was. He's He would kind of actually be a really fun person to do an adventure with. Right? Yeah, because he would plan it well. It would be well executed. Which is what... He, he, can, he can think on the... F- Fly of yeah. his pants. What's that expression? Seat of his, Seat pants. Of his pants. Yeah. Um, it makes you understand a little bit why Joan might have fallen in love with him because over time. Because yeah. Because unlike his refusal to play with Betsy, right? His refusal yeah. to relax. Joan is able to negotiate. She's yes. able to draw that out. And, yeah. and it, I think it helps him feel safe. I over think so time too. To be himself. Because by the end of the book, someone who rarely smiled and she had to read his eyes, he, he gives half smiles. He's yeah. laughing with the family and like you really yeah. see him come into his own. I like how their relationship builds and they actually become friends, I think. Yeah. Like because there's even a scene where they they have their first picnic and he actually ends up confiding in her about all the drama going on with his dad. He hasn't told anyone else yeah. about this. But they he talk feels about safe. real life stuff. Yeah, yeah, he feels safe with Joan. Like he can open up and express his fears. But what I love, because I had my moment of vindication. So either the author did her research after the North book and realized that North couldn't actually right? <laughs> refuse his title. They actually address it because that's the whole thing with his father. His father's trying to intimidate Thaddeus into renouncing the title. 
it's yeah. so that it can go to his son. He's like, do yeah. the right thing. I've told you, you're the bastard. This yeah. is my legitimate son. If you were an honorable man, you would give up the you title, step aside. step aside and let it go. And the reason the father's so insistent is because he heard that North, the Duke of Lindo's son, was going to do that. He was going to give up the title yeah. so one of his younger yeah. brothers could take it. And then Joan responds, I actually don't believe that you can simply give up a duke dukedom. Joan said, frowning. North wanted to do it, you know. I can't remember how he's getting around it, but Aunt No said something once that made me think his plan was impossible. And then even later up, it comes it comes out that Aunt No was like, yeah, we looked into that, yeah, and we actually work. can't do it. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> and she even admitted, his dad and I thought, because he's a duke, maybe right? they could make an exception, but it's looking very unlikely. And so it was just funny how... Uh, either the author did her research or someone gave her feedback of like, did you actually yeah. look to see if that was possible? Or the author was being very true to where sometimes we think, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. This is the perfect plan. Right. And then you realize, oh, that can't really happen. And so then Aunt, no Aunt No's response is, and we just figured by then North would be calmed down about the right. whole thing. And it wouldn't even be an it. issue. Yeah. His dad's real healthy. Exactly. He'll probably be okay by the time it happens. Right? So I thought that was a, a funny Speaking little Speaking of reversal. the picnic, they, they do the picnic on the little island yeah. or whatever. Thaddeus is really enjoying himself, and it says he was suddenly aware he'd never been so happy in his life. And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of sad. That's so sad. He'd never been on a picnic before. Yeah, like he really never had had, similar to Devin maybe from the last book, he had friends, but he was a little bit isolated. Yeah. He didn't have a father. And we find out later in the book, he tried, He, you know, Thaddeus was the best at everything. Almost. And he was doing that because he was trying to earn his father's love. And his dad never, literally never cared. Even didn't care. About yeah. any of it. One of my favorite things uh, that stuck out when they were on the boat going over to the island that first time is it references him ogling her legs, of course. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason they have to take off their socks and shoes and like all this stuff. So they end up just in like their shirts and their pant they're both in bridges she figured it was the smartest way to go practice fencing which is why they were going to the island in the first place but for some reason they couldn't row across in all their clothes they left their no i guess because they have gotten and... because they've fallen in before and gotten wet but i'm like uh, your clothes are going to be wet what does it matter if your shoes right? and your socks are but anyway so there's a point to it so they get half undressed but he's looking at her legs and it says her legs were slender and touched with gold hair that glinted in the sunlight. And I'm like, finally a I reference know. to I legs like, being unshaved. High five. Like someone finally acknowledged that nobody shaved legs back then. Right. So So let's just say it was fine. And I like that he found beauty in it. So I actually right? like that it wasn't like a shameful thing. Do you remember when you were talking about Greywick and Who is Saint Thaddeus? It's Thaddeus, Greywick. Yeah. yeah. When you're talking about Thaddeus and you were talking about like uh, Hamlet, and as soon as he ceased, he ceased to be a hero when Ophelia left his room no longer yeah. made and stuff, right? Yeah. I wrote, if he has sex with, with Joan before marriage, I legit will drop this book. I will burn it. I will buy a copy. Except you weren't allowed to. I will to. buy a paperback and I will burn it. Like, I was like, I am so mad. Of course he was going to have sex with her I before know, marriage because it was Joan. After Viola. But it was Joan. Oh. And I knew where the author was going, that she would need to have this sexual self-discovery. saying, I'm more I'm choosing and, yeah. and I get to to do this because I want to and I'm all about empowering women and sexual revolution I just yeah. don't because feel like maybe it needed to go as far and be as much as it was after this great performance blah 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 in the in the town he essentially climbs up the side of the inn up the ivy and the oh, bricks right. to climb into her right, right 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 and I chuckled he's being I, Ophelia yeah I laughed out loud though because I was like 
oh, you didn't luck out and get that room with the balcony? <laughs> like, like Betsy and Jeremy had? <laughs> you had to climb up the wall? Okay. She lost me at him climbing up her window. I did not buy that Thaddeus would have had sex before marriage. I thought it would have made more sense if they did more of the touchy-kissy or even just like, I just, why can't... Someone's character does not change that much. Can't they just say, I just want to hold you. And she's pushing and he says, I love you. I want this too, but I won't do it without Your character does not change that much. And Thaddeus... Why can't he be firm? I will not do it without He would have been, which is why it irritates me that you write these characters and you you, you present them to are. us. We didn't tell you who they are. He has been so rigid and firm. And this wasn't a so sweet example of how he's changing and, and becoming more adventurous. And he loves her. It, it just, no, it doesn't work that way. He never would have disrespected her that way, especially knowing what his dad did to his mom. He right? never, ever would have disrespected her in that way because he would have been afraid of leaving her with a baby. And what if he fell climbing back down that Ivy? Exactly. I just, uh, I, that was the point of the book where I started skimming and I didn't care anymore. This had been my favorite book in the series up to that point. I really liked Thaddeus. I really Mm -hmm. liked Joan. I liked how they were becoming close. I didn't even mind some of the heavy petting intimacy, but bringing it to this level it was too risky, and it was he too wouldn't. Risky. He wouldn't be like Hamlet. He wouldn't want to leave someone. He specifically said mm-hmm. that in the beginning, and I was like, so "Now you've made him a hypocrite. Yeah. Now you've literally make him a and liar he's and a to hypocrite." Like be okay with that because love. Yes. Yeah, and so uh, then a whole bunch of other stuff happened. She finally performed on the stage. The dad went crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm done at this point. I would have thrown so, my book across the room, but it's my phone and I don't want to break my phone. I will tell you about just the end of the drama. The dying Duke of Eversley shows up. He tells everyone his evil plan. His wife throws wine in his face. Basically, the wild family laughs at him and is like, you're so cray cray. Like, we don't even care. They're um, literally like, no you're a joke. You. Yeah, we'll stand behind pathetic. him. Yeah. We all know you're lying. So then the Duke gets taken upstairs and he's actually dying. And he has this letter that he's told his valet to send to the, the papers when he dies. And so now the big plan has to be how to sneak this letter out, whatever. And again, I'm kind of like, I would just sidle up to that valet and be like, hey, buddy, remember how when my dad dies, you're unemployed? Like, would you like to be employed or would you like to stay unemployed? And like, maybe just don't publish that letter or whatever. Like, it was dumb. Instead, Joan dresses up and convinces them she's, she's the ghost of... King, King Henry, Henry VIII, VIII or something. It was really stupid. Gets him to give her the letter. It, was, it wasn't needed. Oh it would have been better, honestly, if the valet was like, hey. Here's this letter. I don't I, even really I don't like want to be a dude. part of this. He was kind yeah. of a jerk to me. Seriously. You're the one that, that pays my bills sense. and you've paid my yeah. bills for the last 30 years. I'd rather stay on your good side. Right. I'm basically rolling uh-huh. my eyes uh-huh. at every chapter. Oh my goodness. The last five chapters. I don't care. No. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, blah, blah, blah. Crazy oh, dad. Right. Mm. Yeah. No. And now he's dead. Okay. What? Like, it was just bizarre. So by the end of the book, his dad dies. Yeah. And basically, that's their excuse for getting married right away in part is because, well, the only way I'll be able to go to the funeral with him is if I'm his wife. Oh, right. Late, my, I my, don't want him to be apart from him. My aunt can't chaperone me because she's got to stay with Viola and the baby. You have a mother. Yeah. Like, it was bizarre. Yes, and it was stupid. very bizarre. I will tell you, though, one of the funniest Joan quotes is when she goes, so she's talking about 
how extravagant and stuff his dad was his whole yeah. life. And so he's like, I'm not surprised he showed up as he did in like yeah. a throne with an ermine cloak. Yeah, like super. He thought he was royalty, stuff. basically. He was carried in on a stretcher by like six servants. It was so, so ridiculous. goofy. So Joan is saying, because she's trying to make him feel better. He has this very like lost look in his eyes. And she's like, I might as well say now, Thaddeus, that when I am near death, I shall want fire mm-hmm. as well. And eight servants fanning me with peacock feathers. Yeah. I, I just it. thought that, and she's like handsome young man, mind you, like carrying her. I, I just, I thought that was a cute little. Joe I love when moment. she throws in that handsome, handsome young, young man, man, mind you, mind no you. uglies. My favorite quote in this book from Joan's dad is when the Duke of Eversley is railing and ranting about my wife, blah 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 blah, and the the crazy Duke says, "My wife is the love of my life." And the Duke of Lindo says, all appearances to the contrary, because his wife is Thaddeus's mom, right? Uh, not that wife. And Lindo says, one has only one at a time. I'm an expert on that particular subject. <laughs> right? It cracked me up. because, And then I love the family, too. Jeremy is the one who's, like, trying to choke back the laugh, and the rest yeah. of the kids just laugh out loud. They're yes. like, yeah. You're ridiculous. And again, they're they're pointing out society doesn't care. Uh, essentially, we're the upper echelon of society. And yeah. we're rich enough and status enough to not care. Like, yes. We just live our lives. So the one thing that I, I wanted to add to when they're talking about how it finally all comes out, what the, the evil Duke will call him, the crazy Duke's plan is, and Thaddeus' mom is like, he had no proof or whatever, right? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, no court in the land would overturn my marriage. You are definitely the Duke of Eversley, right? Yeah. And my comment was the old soap opera conundrum where if he had just told his mother the challenge, she would exactly. have said, honey, relax. Exactly. There's not even a chance. Yes. And so I think I just got to say one more time, that's part of what made me so frustrated with their characterization of the Duchess of Eversley is the the spunky, brave girl we met, lady yeah. we met a few books ago, would have straight up been like, why have you been stressing about this? For how long? Yeah. Like, you should have just told me, and I would have been straight to your face. It's fine. Yes. Don't even worry about it. But we all know then he wouldn't have been angst for two years he stressing about this. He needed to get angst to because Joan needed to know he she was burly to, to feel lusty so that she yes. wanted to ogle those muscles. Amy, it's a domino effect. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so rereadability. Would you ever read this book again? I actually might. Yeah. I really did enjoy it. The sex thing made me mad, but then once you know what's going to happen, that maybe you can accept it more. But right. I really did kind of like their play-by-play. Me too. And as we were reviewing it, I was like, oh, yeah, that was funny. Yes. Oh, yeah, I did enjoy that. Yeah. Snarky sisters say, on a scale of, you know, zero to five, with five being like, loved it. I would probably say for me, this one is maybe like a 3.5, maybe a four. Yeah. That's fair. I was thinking 3.5. Well, pro- yeah. There were scenes that were like four worthy. Yes. Or, or a little bit. I think that's what wants to, wants to have me tip it over but as overall, I'm like, oh, that scene. But I yeah. just remember the last five chapters. So maybe and then a 3. I'm like, 5. <laughs> yeah, I was almost like three. You're being generous, Beth. A four. I liked it, but I don't know if it was uh, one of my all time favorites, but I didn't dislike it as much as I liked Viola's book, which is ironic because Viola's book, they didn't have sex till after they got married. So let me so. ask you this then. Yeah. Overall, I enjoyed the, the series, right? Yeah, right? I'm glad I read it. I'm not like regretful, although I'm tired of the same family for six yes, books in a row. We are done. But would you read the series again or what's your overall rating? Let's maybe is a better question of the series. 
Good question, because I have actually reread a lot of her other series, but this one, I don't know if I'd reread it again. I didn't love it as much as I thought I was going to love it during a Lyric's book. Yeah. I really thought I was going to yeah. love this series. I was series. like, oh, this would I be was great. like, this is awesome. It's innovative. It's different. And maybe it's because we had to read so quickly to then record maybe. these podcasts. Yeah. Maybe reading it from an analytical viewpoint rather than just for pure enjoyment influenced maybe. my perspective. Um, so I think I would reread other series by her and even maybe cover them in the podcast. But I don't know if I would ever, me personally, reread this series. Yeah. I might pick out, like, maybe Betsy's book and maybe this last one are yeah. two that I could actually reread. Yeah. But the other ones, I am I'm, was, like, one and done. I'm the first one was kind of fun. If you can take away the whole weird bog drama at the very end with the crazy lady. But, like, oh, that's true. the first half of Alaric's yeah, book, one, I thought was pretty fun. So, yeah. we'll see. Well, so, the, sorry. So, to answer your question for a rating of the whole... Or were you just asking rereadability or no, did you want a star rating? No, the whole series. What would you say? The series, I would probably give it... I don't know. I'd still probably average out to a three out of five. I think so, too. It, it's yeah. not like I'm saying don't read the series because it's interesting enough to read. Uh, it just isn't one of my favorite series by Eloisa James. Right. Well, i got to say goodbye to the Wild family and all yes. their adventures. Maybe if Artie and... and uh, but give us a break. Godfrey, Wait a, a few years. Yeah. Get out of the mindset of these wilds so that yeah. you can fully prepare yeah. for Artie's story. Because otherwise, time, I might send you hate, hate mail. Right. For the last time for me with this wild family, I just got to say bye. 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 On the next episode of Questionable History, we're going to revisit an oldie but a goodie, The Convenient Marriage by Georgette Heyer which is about a young girl who decides to marry the person intended for her sister because her sister is already in love with someone else. Um, it's one of my favorite types of stories, which is a good old marriage of convenience, but a nice clean one because it's Georgette Heyer, yeah. so we don't have to deal with sex. I'm looking forward to it. I actually think it might have been one of the first Georgette Heyers we ever watched. I mean, read. Read. <laughs> we say watch because we visually picture these stories it's in our real. head while we're They're reading. like little movie reels that we watch, which is part of why I think it gets so aggravating when they do it wrong. Yeah. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us. Our email is snarkysisterspodcast at gmail.com.